0: One of my favorite quotes from William Gibson who wrote Neuromancer is the future is already here, it's just not evenly distributed. Um, and, and I think that's that's very true in this case. Like We've had all the tech we've needed to actually work really well virtually for a long time. This is the Leadership 480
1: Podcast. Welcome to the Leadership 480 Podcast. My name is Craig Irons. Usually when we record an episode of the podcast, it's usually beside the point what day it is that we are recording. But today, I'm going to mention that today happens to be Tuesday, March 24th. And as we are recording this episode, millions of Americans are either being encouraged to or required to stay home. As a result, they're having to work from home. And many of these folks are working from home for the first time. And that means that leaders are having to lead teams virtually sometimes for the first time as well. It's it's truly an area of uncharted territory for everyone. And we don't know how much longer this era is gonna last, but it's certainly an unusual time for all of us. To talk about leading virtually, which will probably uh, become a new normal for a lot of leaders, even leaders who are having to do it for the first time. Uh, but to talk about this topic today, we have a terrific panel. We have Ryan Heinel, who is Director of DDI Innovation Labs, Leah McCrum, Manager of Business Development for DDI, and we also have Livia Mesita, a Senior Consultant for DDI. Welcome to all of you and thanks for joining me today virtually. Glad to be here. Hi, okay, so let's let's dive right into this. So, uh, Leanne, let's start with you. Um, you know, what is it that makes leading a virtual team so much more challenging than leading a team that's all in the same location?
2: Well, I've spent most of my career leading virtually, but uh, way back when I did lead a team uh, that was co-located, the way I like to think about um, leading is in terms of personal and practical needs. And I think that the way that a leader addresses a team member's personal and practical needs differs, whether you are co-located or you're virtual. So I think when you are co-located, personal needs especially um, become met not only by you, but by peers and other people that uh, your team members come into contact with. When you're leading a virtual team, obviously most of your team members are isolated and they come to rely much more on you for meeting their personal needs. And a lot of times if a leader doesn't pay attention to that, those personal needs can go unaddressed. And so um, I think a leader really needs to guard against things like isolationism, um, the feeling of being lonely, The feeling of, um, it's especially hard to get them engaged. Um, Now, under the recent circumstances, there are some additional challenges where the issue may not be loneliness. It may be, how do I manage all of the people that are now in my home all the time? So there are some additional challenges like managing family and uh, at the same time you're trying to work. You so I think I think managing the personal needs is especially challenging in a virtual environment.
1: Libby, do you have something to add to that?
3: Um I do. You know, I've been in both ends of it. you know, f- also as, as a team member who was remote and then later being a leader who had a remote team. And the the flip for me was that once once I became um, a virtual leader, uh, it was very clear that I was working for my team. Instead of with or they worked for me, so it, you know what Leanne just said. As far as I know, you're very too attuned to where your direct reports are. As far as that feeling engaged, feeling connected, feeling included, it is really hyper set. It, it becomes a became a hyper focus for me once I became a leader, a virtual leader.
1: So Ryan, let me start by asking you, um, you know, what do you think are some common mis perceptions that people have about leading virtually
0: that's a good one I, I think there's a bunch um, if you ask people on your team where they go when they really need to get work done very few will respond the office and if they if they say that they usually will add on something like well I, I'll go into the office, Usually, really early, or I'll stay late, or something like that. And what they mean is they can't get done; they can't get work done at the office. Right? You know, that's that's really what that means. So, and the reason is that you're constantly interrupted at the office. And there's a bunch of studies out there that show that it takes about 20 minutes to get fully focused on and dealing with a complex problem or task. And the minute someone pops their head into your office or cube and interrupts you, you basically have to start all over again. So I think, the, I think the thought that work really is more productive in the office is a common misconception that people really have because truly meaningful, creative, thoughtful work requires blocks of uninterrupted time. That's probably a little bit hard to get uh, right now, to Leanne's point <laughs> just a minute ago, but typically when you're working from home, um, that is something that you... Are able to get in high quantities, and so it's critical for my team's work because we're doing a lot of innovative kind of work where we're trying to deal with a lot of complex problems. And I think it's probably the same for most information workers out there. So leading virtually actually creates a lot of focus for you and your team. And I think that's I think the it's a misconception that I think it's it's actually harder to get done work uh, when you're leading a virtual team. Leanne, do you have uh, something to add there?
2: Um, the only thing I would add is that I think um, coming into it, especially if you're new at Leading Virtual, you, there's a mindset that all people are, all of my team members are gonna adapt the same way, or they're gonna work the same way, or they're gonna work the same hours. What I think, uh, to your point, Ryan, it, it to inspire creativity and most productive time of the day, different team members will adapt differently and their work will look different. So as a leader, you can't expect that everybody's going to um, work at home in the same way. As opposed to the office where everybody comes in about the same time, goes home about the same time. You can. There's some common expectations that you have when folks are in the office.
1: So uh- Livia, let's talk a bit about the skills that leaders need to have in order to lead effectively when their teams are virtual. Um, you know, you say you've been on both sides of it, so you have a pretty good, pretty good take on, on both what you've needed to do as a leader and also what you sort of expected from your leaders when, uh, when you are working remote. What do some of those skills look like, and uh, which ones are the most important for leaders?
3: Thank you. And I think it's important to prioritize because a lot of the focus, especially being a first time virtual leader, it's the obvious, right? How do you manage time? How do you become tech? comfortable or you know become more tech savvy and how do you have focus as far as what are the priorities for your team that week that quarter that month etc so I know putting that aside I think the real deal breakers uh, from moving from you know traditional um, leadership environments you know when you have your office and you have high uh, contact with people you know face to face from doing that virtually is your ability to do three things. Um, first of all, how do you continue to build trusting relationships with people uh, by, you know, connecting to that personal needs? Um, and also, how do you, you involve them, okay, throughout mm-hmm. the process of decision-making and problem-solving? The second point is communication. I mean, communicating, and I speak like English is my second language, which puts a new c- cultural, uh, you know, lens to the whole thing. Um, communication, I thought, would be my main, my main barrier, uh, and it is in the beginning. But once you become familiar and you kind of follow a structure, uh, the communication. It's really where it becomes a strength for you. You will grow as a virtual leader. Um, And then the third thing is how do you build this culture of community, the sense of community by creating visible channels where you – the individual is connected to what the organization is doing. Um, I'm connected with my peers, and then I'm connected with my direct reports. So, you being an enabler in a in a creator of that visibility, that sense of connectiveness, is really important. So, three things.
1: Brian or
0: Leanne, anything you would add? I think the the number one thing I would say is just really being clear about expectations and objectives for each person and then really being there to support them with achieving those things just because you don't have as much opportunity to monitor what people are doing you don't have kind of the casual opportunities to run in them and chat about how their day is going and things like that and a lot oftentimes everybody is trying to get things done on their own obviously more And so just being really clear about what done looks like and what performance needs to look like is probably the number one most critical thing. And I think shortly after that is as a leader, just making sure people have what they need to get those things done. And it's a little bit, I think that follows on with what Livia was saying a little bit as well.
2: The only thing I would add to it is you can't, um, as a virtual leader, you can't ignore your own needs because what I find is You're constantly giving, you know, to your point, Livia, you're constantly trying to think about how do I serve my team and you have to get the same from somewhere. So one of the things that I find really helpful and I have through my career is I have always had a coach and somebody that I can go to to feel, feel connected, to have that trusting relationship. The other thing that I think is really important as a virtual leader is that you build your own network of partners and others in the organization that you really rely on because you've got to get your personal needs met um, before you can be at a point where you can give to others.
1: So kind of staying on that point, Leanne, um, you mentioned the value of having a coach uh, and you're someone who you've led a team virtually for a long time. Uh, you know, how did you learn to become an effective virtual leader? Did you get some coaching? Uh, You know, was some of it just plain old trial and error, or did you get some good advice along the way? So as people are thinking about how to get better at this, uh, you know, what would you tell them based on your experience?
2: Mine is a combination of, I would say, formal training, coaching, and then trial and error. So, it's i think for if you're going to lead virtually it's important that you have the foundational leader skills leadership skills because they're going to be the requirement for them is going to be amplified in a virtual setting so if you think about all of the skills that leaders learn that are core coaching having tough conversations how to engage people how to onboard people all of those foundational skills are really important and i found myself having to go back and revisit some of the core and bring to the forefront things that um, when I'm in an office setting might not come to mind or I do more naturally. So that's one thing. The second, and I think the most important um, lesson for me when it came to getting better is feedback. So in my team, we have a feedback culture. I ask for feedback, and my team members will tell me when things are working or when things are not. I give feedback to team members. Um, so, it's an expectation, and that's the way that not only I get better as a leader, but our team gets better collectively in this virtual
3: environment.
1: Libby, what, Libby, what about you? Um, you know, how did you build your skills as a virtual leader?
3: Uh, I would say for me, try an arrow came before coaching. (laughs) (laughs) But I I soon realized that coaching was going to accelerate my own learning curve, becoming a more effective virtual leader, because uh, uh, my tendency coming from more of a technical background was to do more talented seeking and become the expert versus the supporter and the leader. So coaching Mm -hmm. really helped me balance the airtime and the calls. And but it was, you know. Sometimes you leave the call thinking you did great, and then the feedback to Leanne's point really keep you in check. You know What are the small things you can start doing to increase the quality of the meetings and the engagements you have virtually? So feedback. Brian,
0: what about you? Yeah. I don't have a ton to add. I'd maybe just put a fine point on one thing Leanne said, which was just about being more deliberate about how you apply Coaching and some of the core leadership skills in a virtual environment. I think you just, it goes back to what I said earlier about not having those informal, I bumped into someone on my team or they popped their head into my office opportunities that you would get within person. So I think as a remote leader, you need to be more deliberate about, you know, when was the last time I had a coaching conversation with this or that person on my team or, thinking more deliberately about how each person on the team might be doing what they might be wrestling with. I spend a, a, a tremendous amount of my time doing that and thinking about how I can apply some of those leadership skills in that in that uh, situation. you know what's what's interesting for I think
1: a lot of people now I, I'm encountering this because you know I'm into week two of, of working from home, uh, which is not something I uh, have done a whole lot of. Or even thought I would really enjoy, uh, but I'm adapting, and uh, so there've been you know some some surprises along the way. So you know that's especially true, I'm sure, when uh, you find yourself you know having to lead remotely for the first time. So, uh, Olivia, what surprised you the most uh, about the experience of being a virtual leader?
3: Um. The, first of all, the tremendous amount of time that it saved me not, you know, commuting uh, or being distracted in the office or, you know, having to re-engage with my, my work um, and, and and having to work later hours because I couldn't get my work done in the office. So uh, leading virtually gives you the power and the control to make the day whatever you want. Uh, mm-hmm. And sometimes you need more of that thinking time. So that's one thing. The second thing is that, um, I was surprised how my I was able to be myself more spontaneous, right, uh, in a second language in virtual environment when I really master facilitating meetings. So mm-hmm. that so that was for me a deal breaker.
0: Ryan, what about you? I think the biggest thing was that I just spend a lot of my time making sure people on my team have access to the information and the resources that they need. I think that just when you when you're operating in a in a virtual environment, it's a much it's a much higher empowerment environment, which you just and it's kind of forced upon you like you whether you want to have a high empowerment kind of a team or not, you're going to have to have that because you just can't be there all the time. And so okay. it's a big shift to just how can I make sure that everybody has what they need? I, I spend a ton of time thinking about that and a ton of time working on that, making sure that they can, you know, get access to the systems, get access to the people. Leanne talked about, you know, leveraging your network. I think you do. I do a lot to leverage my network for my team as well. Yeah, um, And so, you know it's it's all about removing barriers i think and making sure like once you have those clear expectations set how do you remove as many barriers as possible when they pop up leanne what about you what surprised you most
2: well i've been doing i, I i've been a virtual leader for a long time but i do have an aha and something that surprised me beyond measure and Um, I was having a call with our European general manager at the beginning of December. And uh, I had several calls in a row with him. And one of the things that I noticed about him and his team was that every time we jumped on a call, everybody was on video. Hmm. And for years, I've been holding virtual meetings uh, as a team and as individuals and I have never put the video on, and none of my team put the video on, and nobody at DDI corporate put their video on. In December, I started, I didn't mandate it for my team, but I started using video every time I got on a call. And it didn't take very long before lots and lots of people were using video. Now my team uses video exclusively, and the people that we tend to interact with too my surprise was that what a difference that made to the positive i can't believe i wasted all of those <laughs> years without putting a camera on and people yeah. will resist it they don't like it they don't want to they don't want to expose themselves they don't like the way they look on camera but it has made an amazing difference that one little thing has made a why huge you, difference
1: what do you think that is why do you think People react differently uh, you know on video meetings or video conferences than they do when it's just voice
2: two things one no one will admit to but uh, the first thing is I think it doesn't let you hide You know, I think if you're on audio, you can hide to some extent. People will forget that you're on the call if you're in a group setting. So there's nowhere to hide, um, which makes the interactions like more like if you're sitting across the room from somebody. The second one, um, which I think is a danger, is that people don't multitask. And so if you're on just audio. It's so easy to get distracted by this email or by that thing that comes up, or I'm just going to get this one little thing done. So I think that the interactions are more productive. I think they're more real. I think they're more uh, engaging.
1: Uh, One thing I want to make sure I mentioned here uh, for all of our listeners is uh, right now, uh, you can access a free Leading Virtual Meetings course that DDI is making available. If you go to our website, uh, www.ddiworld.com, right at the very top of the home page, you'll see a big yellow banner there. Uh, click through from that uh, net banner, and uh, you'll come to a page that has a bunch of resources um, for you right now to, to help you get through uh, this, this time, uh, which is just so so unusual, but one of the things there, and I believe the first thing on that page is our leading virtual meetings course. So feel free to access that. It doesn't take very long to take, but it's really valuable. And also feel free to share that with others as well. So that's a really great resource. I, I can't recommend highly enough. Our guests today are Ryan Heinel, Director of DDI Innovation Labs, Leanne McCrum, Manager of Business Development at DDI and Livia Masita, senior consultant here at DDI. Speaking of you know, the situation we're in right now, um, all the unknowns of the coronavirus and its potential economic fallout, which is really, as we're sitting here today, kind of, you know, it's, it's an unknown. Uh, but it really, it has people on edge. It has their stress level ramped up a good bit. And not only are there you know, many people working uh, you know working in an unusual environment or an environment they're not used to working from home they also have all this other stress and they might be having you know family to, to care for and, and what have you so it's, it's a time of, of, of people having a lot of pressure um, does that make does that make it hard to be a virtual leader and does that add an extra layer of complexity to uh, you know, to this whole virtual leadership dynamic. Ryan, let's start with you on that one.
0: Sure. Yeah, I think it's an important question. The coronavirus, I think, just makes everything harder because people are going to be distracted and stressed. And those are not typically the conditions under which people do their very best work. There might be a few outliers in there somewhere, but I think that's usually the case. I think specific to leading virtually, it means that, you need to make sure that you're putting a lot of energy into the personal needs uh, for the people on your team. We've talked a lot about personal and practical needs. That's kind of the the foundation of what we talk about quite a lot at DDI. And I think right now personal needs become really important. Make sure making sure those personal needs are being met by the people on your team, making sure that they're feeling heard and understood, checking in regularly, communicating a lot more, understanding where people are, how they're feeling, what they need, how you can help them to adapt to the changing circumstances. For many of them, probably their, what were critical objectives may have now Mm -hmm. changed or the methods by which they were thinking about achieving those objectives might be suddenly completely up in the air and they need a lot of support and guidance to help them to work their way through that. So you just don't want them to feel like they're out there alone dealing with this stuff, I think, is the main thing. And it's pretty easy for people to feel like that in a virtual team. Livia, what's your take?
3: Yeah. Uh, I think what I noticed in the shift in the past two weeks, and not only from uh, people in the team, but also in, in public, people reaching out, is that people are looking for hope. So uh, if you can, just like in any change, sometimes you you know, a leader is not 100% um certain or fully on board with the change but as a leader we have to drive that and we have to support it and here um, a deal with that resistance so in the current coronavirus uh, virtual leadership mode I'm really looking for um, uh, you know, and I'm seeing this around me, like a lot of demonstrations of optimism and hope. And sometimes there are the question behind the question, right? They will be asking questions about the project, what do you think? But the real question is, what do you think we're going after this? And they're yeah. looking at virtual leaders for that uh, sign of optimism and, um, and hope.
1: Leanne, I know in a business development role, that's probably very front of mind for you and your team. Um, you know, what are, uh, you know, what's the reality like for you and and how are you sort of dealing with people's stress right now?
3: Well,
2: I think, uh, as we have watched many of the projects that we're working on, uh, get delayed or disappear completely, it gives team members feel out of control. And not only are they feeling out of control, but they are feeling out of control at home and they themselves may have to be leaders in their own house because their household is feeling out of control. So from a leadership perspective, I think it's very important that you as a leader understand what the business priorities are and translate that for your team into things that they can control, actions that they can take, and being very clear about priorities because they're feeling uncertain about the future to the extent that as leaders, we can help to focus their energy and their activities so that they feel like they're in control in this environment of uncertainty. I think that's one of the strongest things we can do as leaders. The other thing that I think um, was, was kind of an aha for me, I had a team meeting this morning and Um, One of our administrative assistants said, I want to give kudos to one of my team members. He, one of my team members, a business development uh, representative, was talking to a brand new account manager. She's been an account manager for two weeks. And he conveyed his own sense of optimism and hope for the future He's been at DDI for a long time. He's an experienced sales representative, and he inspired and and produced confidence in her. So when you think about leadership and you're working with your teams, it's, it's not you being the leader. It's inspiring leadership in others and creating that sense of hope and helping others to convey confidence and hope to those that might not have it right now.
1: Yeah really really important uh role for leaders to play right at the moment um so let's sort of flip it around a little bit and and talk about you know the fact that there's a very high likelihood that this is become going to become a new normal for a lot of people just looking at the numbers uh you know 75 percent of households in the u.s have high speed internet. uh half of the jobs that people have can be done from home so there is a lot of growth potential, if you will, as far as, you know, shifting work out of traditional office environments to more more remote settings. Uh, but as a leader, um, and Leanne, you've, you've done this quite a while, you know, leading virtually. Um, what are some things about leading a virtual team or, or leading remotely that you think leaders should embrace or actually see as, as positives?
2: Um, well, I think, I, again, I think it is uh, the wave of the future. And what I've been telling my team is look for your new value proposition. So if you're, if the things that you used to do aren't possible right now because of the current situation, establish a new value proposition. Where can you contribute in the organization? Mm-hmm. And from a leadership perspective, since this is the wave of the future, I doubt we'll ever go back to the way we were completely Um, I think a leader's value proposition is important. And I think learning to lead a team effectively without being co-located is part of the new value proposition. Being able to use the technology we have, being able to focus people's attention on the outcomes that the business needs. Those are things that are gonna be incredibly valuable to the organization moving forward. And so it's doing your part to contribute to the organization and to your own career. It's gonna be a marketable, doing it well. Lots of people will be doing it. The question is who can do it well?
1: Ryan, I'm particularly fascinated given your situation because you're leading a team that's focused on innovation. Uh, and uh, But you lead that team virtually. So what do you see as being some advantages uh, to being a virtual leader in, uh, you know, given your situation.
0: Yeah, sure. Um, well, I think, I think with, I think overall, um, you know, the technology has really been here for us to be able to work virtually for a while. Like one of my, one of my favorite quotes from William Gibson, who wrote Neuromancer is the future is already here. It's just not evenly distributed. Um, and and I think that's that's very true in this case. Like we've had all the tech we've needed to actually work really well virtually for a long time. Um, and going back to your question, what that really opens up for me is access to a much more diverse and high performing talent pool. So when I, so a, a key driver for me and my team is looking for injection of diversity into the solution generation that we're doing. The higher the diversity the better the solution. There's lots and there's lots of research to back me up on that. So when you're looking at a diverse team, a really big one in my context is I can go recruit for people that are all over the place. Um, You know, my only requirement for recruiting for my team is a four hour overlapping window of business hours. So I can recruit across uh, time zones and you know, the because chan- the truth is, the chances that you're going to find the best talent within a 20 mile radius of your business are pretty low, actually. So it really opens the door to a lot higher levels of talent and a lot more diversity in terms of the things that we're doing. I, th- I think that's probably the biggest one for my team. That's, that's interesting.
1: Livia, you have led uh, virtual teams, you've also led on site teams uh which do you prefer and why
3: um well i'm thank you for asking so i'm gen x so i learned you know to lead virtually after college right uh so my it's all about how my preferences were shaped and how did I learn how to see myself being effective, influencing this answer? So for me, it's a combination of both. So right now, because of family commitments and community commitments and and workload, I want to do more and right and new goals. And the only way to maximize and amplify my potential in my arms and legs, you know, it is going virtually. So yeah. as much as I love to seeing people face to face, and it is important from time to time to have that. That experience, we can create amazing experience virtually. You know, people think I'm losing my environment. Actually, you're doubling, and you can invite a lot more people to be part of the party. You know, when you mm-hmm. go uh, virtually, so there's a lot of potential and a lot of like people playing on their strengths by embracing this growth. And 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 I say, you know, instead of like we're talking about flattening curve, and how about we ramp up the learning curve of virtual leadership? and yeah. leverage this moment for that. So I'm excited actually for all of us uh, to tap into this pool and this moment.
1: We're talking to Ryan Heinel, Director, DDI Innovation Labs, Leanne McCrum, Manager of Business Development, and Livia Maceda, Senior Consultant here at DDI. I think we probably all agree that you know, this is the wave of the future, and the future is already here. We're probably just a little faster than we thought. Um, but I want to ask you, I want to get the, I want to get reactions from all three of you on this question. So, you know, leading virtually is kind of a different animal, but to what extent is leadership just leadership, regardless of whether you're doing it virtually
0: or not? Brian, let's start with you. Well, i think what you just said is true craig i think leadership is probably leadership but there's always there's always a contextual component to consider right so and that goes for whether you're leading a virtual team or you're leading a team through an acquisition you're leading a team through a digital transformation leading a team through a crisis like we're in right now so i think you have to consider you know, what are the things that you need to be doing with those leadership skills within the given context? Uh, in this case, we've got both your leading virtual team and your leading through a crisis. So a bit of a double whammy there in this case, but I think that specifically what becomes, um, what leading virtually really starts to amplify is the need to have really effective interpersonal interactions. So the frequency of interpersonal actions goes down typically, right? So like the at least the traditional ones that we're used to. And so when you think about that, that means that you need to be a lot better at the quality of your interactions that you're having with your team every, t- every time you touch them. So whether they're, you're touching them through a Slack channel, an email, a video conference, whatever the case may be, you wanna make sure that they're getting a good experience, they're getting some value from you as a leader each time you're having contact with them. So I think what it does is it really just amplifies the importance of having some practice leadership skills that you can apply under those conditions. Leanne, your take?
2: Actually, I would have a hard time adding anything uh, beyond what Ryan had said. I think leadership is leadership. Um, I can't think of anything to add. I think you said it
3: perfectly. Thank you. Uh, me too, Olivia. Yeah, what about you? I would say exactly. Uh, leadership is leadership. It's much more fun when you know how to facilitate that uh, in a channel of virtual um, virtual leadership. Uh, in substance and competence, will never. Um, you know, you will be more exposed in a virtual environment. I think that's what a lot of people hold back from embracing it. Uh, but em- embrace that—you know, vulnerability of you know not being comfortable with a specific technology. We're all in that, and commit to becoming as an equal, f- good facilitator as you are as a leader. But leadership definitely comes first.
1: Leanne, you touched on this earlier, uh, talking about the importance of of video. Uh, And kind of to that point, uh, just wondered if you had any additional specific advice you would offer about using technology.
2: I think one of the things that um, for those experienced leaders and people that have not led virtually before, technology can be intimidating. And I think that there could be a tendency to only do the minimum. So I'm going to learn whatever, I'm going to learn teams, but I'm only going to learn the basics and what I need to do. I think as a leader, if you're expecting your people to um, perform virtually and use the technology that is, is available to them, you need to embrace it, be a step ahead even, and be a learner and maximize the tools that you have so that you're a model to your team. And uh, video is a good example. You know, start using it. And it's amazing how quickly people will follow. But as a leader, you can't lag behind and resist the kinds of changes that are upon us now. You have to lead the way, whether it's with technology, whether it's with building a team in a virtual environment, whether it is learning skills that you may Maybe intimidating or uncomfortable from a leadership perspective. You have to lead the way, and at the same time, uh, let yourself be authentic. And if you're growing and learning something new, and you're trying something out for the first time, it's good to let your teams know that, so that uh, as they take have courage to learn new things, uh, they can
3: look to you and see how it's done.
1: Olivia, what about you?
3: I, I think Leanne, you are so spot on, and and I think just additional quick tips for leaders who are in the early stages of the joining of becoming savvy virtual leaders. Um, you know, remember, you know what you know. We're all sharing here same similar tips. You know, um, think about the substance, the planful, the objectives. Who are you invited to? What airtime are you giving your team members? Right, and and are you fully including them? So that put aside, I would say I, I found from a technology side, very like I'm using a cord <laughs> headset. Um, so I'm not overly f- big fan of like plugging my wrist and my ears, you know, I'm a little in a Bluetooth it's only so much for in a day. Uh, but what I love about technology is that I can, for instance, today record my session and send to my coach for feedback. Or go back mm. to my my sessions and really saw you know how can I improve and become more self-aware of what what have I missed and and how can I in- involve more people, so the second thing is like. Um, this is an amazing tool like you have, you know, people can really uh, when, once they learn the language, just like any language, they can pop up a raise hand and say, I have a question. I have a comment or, hey, how about a coffee break or a bio break? You so know, there are multiple ways to communicate your personal needs in that environment that I otherwise you'd be just so much in your head talking in a classroom. You know, and it's just different. It's just leverage that technology. Um, and then another point is. No matter how comfortable you are with any application software out there, um, running dry runs and making sure you're doing your tech checks, especially if you're talking to people across time zones and different band- bandwidths, you know, if you're in 5G, somebody else is in 3G, you know, consider that when you're involving others. Those will be my three things uh, from a tech perspective to remind us ourselves as well.
1: Brian, anything you would add?
0: Yeah, I think that I would just emphasize what Leanne said about leading the way. If you're going to drive change as a leader, then you need to know what you're doing. Sort of simple as that, right? Um, yeah. But I think I think that as, a, as someone who's in the product innovation space, I can also say that if you're trying to do something virtually as a team, chances are really good that someone else has figured out a way for you to do that already. So my team, for example, uses a an online collaborative uh, canvas that we use for all of our design work together. So that allows us to do sticky notes and all kinds of other things that you would typically do in an in-person meeting without any problem whatsoever. And there's even some advantages, I would say, to doing it that way. The other thing I would say is that my my team does a tremendous amount of work in virtual reality these days. And I my personal point of view is that you know, a lot of the virtual conference stuff like Zoom and video conference, and everything, which is great and, you know, definitely needed right now is really going to be sort of the compact disc of the music industry eventually, because what we'll have is spaces in virtual reality where you can put on a headset and you can meet people in person. You can do everything that you would do in an actual physical space. You're going to feel like you're actually more present with those individuals. So, and that's not that far off. People, you know, might hear that and say, well, that's like a ways off, but, you know, less than five years will definitely be there. So I think there is there is actually a really bright future in terms of working remotely, in terms of the tools that are coming along. So I would definitely get started today with understanding what's available now so that you can be ready for that next jump that we're probably going to make in the next five years.
1: And to, to your point about it coming faster than we thought Two weeks ago, who would have thought we would all be working remotely? That's right. Uh, Circumstances are are different, obviously. Um, And by the way, I just want to point out uh, we are actually recording this today using Microsoft Teams. Uh, So you know we're we're taking advantage of the technology available to us. I know obviously there are other platforms people use. Mentioned Zoom and WebEx is another one, but. uh, yeah there's a a lot that can be done with these platforms now which is pretty exciting and it's going to grow even more one last question i want to explore with all three of you and i know we've covered a lot here uh around uh you know helping people stay focused and setting objectives and sort of cutting out the clutter and technology and and so forth um anything Additional, any of you would add as far as any advice you would give to a leader who is now suddenly finding themselves having
0: to lead virtually for the first time, Brian? Let's start with you. I think just keep those objectives smart. You know, <laughs> it's an it's an old piece of advice, but it's it sure is a good one. I think if someone, whether you're doing agile or you're doing Uh, you're doing agile objectives or doing OKRs or doing lean or, you know, just running a normal performance review process with accountability plans, Uh, just making sure it's really clear to the person what it is they need to get done and what done really looks like for that individual and making sure that they understand what that looks like and then letting them take a shot at getting it done. You know, I think we talked about trust earlier on and, a big, probably one of the most difficult things, I think, leading a virtual team is because of the level of empowerment people have, as a leader, you need to give trust. You need to define the objective and then you need to give trust, like trust that that person's going to use their judgment to try to pursue that outcome that they need to get to. And so you need to let them go ahead and try and do that.
1: Livia, any advice you would offer?
3: Yes, I, I totally agree with what uh, Ryan just said. It's very crystal clear set the objectives straight, keep the priorities clear. But it is an environment where people will be watching more your deliverables. Um, There's no hiding, you know, you can have to meet that just like in an agile or more nimble environment. It's all about what you produce and what you how you're navigating this in this new world. So uh, be attentive to that. And with that comes that building trust and also building a brand, right? As an associate, as a performer, as a leader. So building your brand starts with really creating the, high, the focus for the team and met, monitoring those the small steps and, and the clarity. Your ability to state that what's in the house and without being micromanager is directly uh, tied to how high performing your team will be in this environment.
1: Leanne, any points of advice you would offer?
2: Um, Rely on the good foundational skills. So um, leaders, whether you're virtual or in an office setting, there are solid foundational leadership skills. How do you meet the personal and practical needs? How do you build trust? How do you build the team? All the things we talked about today. So make sure that you're solid with your foundational skills secondly make sure that you're not getting distracted so again this is good practice whatever kind of leader you are but one of the things that i do at the end of the week is i look back from a time perspective and 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 i track how much time have i spent with my people coaching them helping them because you're right livia it is all about the deliverables and my job isn't to do it my job is to facilitate and enable other people to perform and so a majority of my time should be spent to that end. And it's easy to get distracted or off track, but I think tracking your own performance is an important aspect of being a leader.
1: I want to thank all of you for being with us today. This has really been absolutely terrific. Leanne McCrum, Business Development Manager here at DDI. Ryan Heinel, Director, DDI Innovation Labs. And Livia Masita, Senior Consultant at DDI, thank you all for being with us today. This has really been a really terrific conversation. Glad to be here, Craig.
3: Glad to be here, too.
1: Terrific. Hey, I want to remind our listeners, if you enjoyed this episode of the Leadership 480 podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're already a subscriber, we invite you to subscribe again on all the platforms and devices you use. Please rate us as well to let us know how we're doing and be sure to tell your friends and colleagues about this podcast and invite them to subscribe. Thanks for joining us in the Leadership 4A podcast. My name is Craig Irons, reminding you to make every moment of leadership count.